Hello guys, welcome back to Spain. Hello. So we're making another podcast. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from us. If you do have any questions or you want to ask us anything or come visit us, tweet me at Blondemer. We always are open to visitors. But we only accept visitors if you tweet us. That's very true. And you have to bring something as well, like rashers or black pudding. Something we can't get here. What else do we miss? I don't know. There's not a huge amount that we can't really get. I mean, there's there's things, there's specific things, like you said, like rashers and black pudding you can't get. But overall, it's more or less the same. Ballymaloo relish. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Can't get that here. So if anyone wants to send it to me, don't send me any more tea, please. I've been sent a lot of tea and I drink tea. But I can't drink three boxes worth of tea. So that's a lot of tea for one person. But thank you, I appreciate it. But I will never run out of tea at this rate. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would think that you need to be that caffeinated. You of all people. I know, I don't need any more caffeine than necessary, really. What has happened since we last talked to you? Oh, we've had a couple of dinners. That sounds so boring and dull, but it's actually quite interesting. It's it's a slightly different kind of culture here. When you go out in Ireland, generally you go for you go for drinks or you go for you know a night out you go out to, to a nightclub or something but if you go out here there's drinks there will be drinks um, but it's quite normal for you to have a dinner beforehand as well if you were to go out with a specific group they have a strange thing here actually which they don't have in ireland at all which are known as uh, quintos which essentially means the people that were born in the same year as you in the same town now i know for a fact that there are people born in the same town as me in the same year as me that i will never meet and have never met and really don't care but it's a very strong tradition here. They meet up, normally it's like once a year. You'll meet up, you go for drinks, you go for your, your dinner, you go for more drinks, and you kind of just catch up. And it's only for those people that were born in that year. I think a lot of it is because there's only like a limited amount of schools here. So there's like three primary schools in the place, I think. So it means you have to go to one of those. Which means that you generally, like, if people are in the same class as you, they're your quintos. They're your peers, I suppose. So I think it comes from kind of like, it's like people organise in Ireland reunions with their old schoolmates. But yeah. it's a lot more regular here. Exactly, yeah. It's it's like a, you know, you hear about the 10-year reunion or whatever in Ireland and it's it's common elsewhere as well. But here it's it's such a regular thing. And these are not friends you know during the year you'll see them sure but you won't necessarily be friends uh, you won't hang out all the time and then you'll go for this dinner this specific dinner every single year well if you can and then you go out for drinks and get drunk and generally they're like pretty intense as well because it's an excuse to get really drunk so like the last one we heard about one of the guys broke his ankle and walked home on it oh, and didn't even notice that was a quintana yeah uh, okay so he had a good time. He had a lovely time. And he woke up in the morning and was like, oh, didn't get home till 8 a.m. So woke up in the morning and morning very loosely contained in this. So about two o'clock in the day and was like, my ankle is still really very sore. Um, so they had to bring him to the emergency department and realize that he had walked home on a broken ankle. So... Yeah, very... Uh... But was very proud that... What was it, that he hadn't spilled any drink or something? Oh, I think, yeah, I think he fell over, and but still managed to keep his pint, like, upright. Which so. is the important thing. Of course. Who needs bones? So, you know, society might be slightly different here, but priorities are definitely the same in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you just feel your kinship sometimes with people. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, we've had a couple of people over to our house as well. Spanish people don't generally invite you into their houses. It's a little, they're very house proud here. So yeah. it's a, it's kind of a big deal if you get invited to someone's house. They'll have bodegas, which is like... So we talked about Yeah, before. we talked about them before. Yeah. It's like a bit of like a dining room in the basement or in the garage, depending on where you live. Um, which, so it does sound really strange, but I know we've described before just how, how very nice a lot of these uh, bodegas can be generally they're for kind of more bigger events or whatever but some we kind of have a group of friends now so we've been invited to other houses and we've invited them back here as well so it's actually really nice but you know it's not the same in Ireland there's not the same pressure to like put out such a spread and it's a little bit more informal now it could be just because we're all not very old and that kind of stuff like we're not it's not like we're settled down with mortgages and kids or anything but it's generally really nice so there usually be it's very much Spanish tradition as well. So it's not like here's a starter main course and dessert. It's very much like you pick from different plates. So there'll be like jamon and uh, chorizo and different kind of bits and pieces. So, you know, it seems like it's not much, but in the end you're absolutely stuffed and everything. It means you can have more of one thing if you prefer it or have less of something else if you don't. And you get to try a lot of different foods. So it's actually really nice. And every food in Spain, every popular food in Spain seems to have a specific place where you go to get the best so you know the best chorizo is from uh, baños the best cheese is from somewhere else if you want to get salsichon you go to this town or so they've, they're very specific now as as a uh, a blow-in as a non-native i have no idea it's all delicious i don't really care where it's from it's fantastic but the locals will insist that this is the place where you go to get that. There is the place where you go to get that. And it's really interesting that they have those kind of denominations of this is just, it's just better because it comes from that town. It's just how it works. But then often, like, it'll differ between person to person. Generally, like, it's from a specific area, but to be like, oh, well, this one butcher yes. or a different village. So one person will tell you it's really good from this village. And one person, mm. another person will tell you, like, it's probably in the same area, but it's a slightly different village. So mm. it's just stressful trying to keep up with it all to be honest i gave up caring i gave up paying too much attention i'm just like that's wonderful if you go there and you get it that's wonderful but i'm not going to searching for these places because it's it's like anything it's like google maps you know you get an overview of you got to go here and then you zoom in to the town and you go oh well you got to go to this street and you get to that street well you got to go to this person so you get this, the, the right you know building and then you got to go to the specific old lady in the back and if you only get her stuff if you absolutely you know, if you got all the context to get in. So it's it gets more and more specific the more interest you show. So I'm just like, right, great. I, I'll I'll learn a little bit later on, but for now it's just cheese to me. Well my favourite is um so Banyos the town that we were in recently for dinner is famed for its chorizo and Salsichon as well, I think. Yeah. So it's very funny. It's actually really, really delicious. You can get various gradations of spicy, non spicy and that kind of stuff. But there's a joke that in Banyos there's no dogs. Which is true. We've been there. We didn't see a single dog. It's because... So the rumour is that they make chorizo out of the dogs. Because there's... Like most towns have a stray dog or two kind of hanging around. But Banyos doesn't have any dogs. So to combat this rumour... Everyone kind of knows it's a joke. But it... Now, even if it wasn't a joke, they don't seem to care. They're like, oh yeah, the the chorizo in Banyos is made from dogs. It's delicious. 
But you know, you got to be, be be careful because it's made from dogs. Yeah, that's true. Now it's not made from dogs. Full disclosure here, because uh, so so what they do is generally they'll have um, in the local paper they'll do like a featurette kind of on each town and their specialities and that kind of stuff. So whenever Banyos comes up, they talk about the chorizo and the salchichon. And the people in Banyos always specifically choose a photo which contains people holding their dogs. Just to prove that they do actually live there and that there's nothing being eaten. So it's it's like some sort of like an inside joke, but it's, I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I just love it so much. And they get such a slagging for it as well. Yeah, we were invited to a dinner in, in Banyas, which was delicious. The people were lovely um, and it was a, a great dinner. But we had also, we'd made chorizo. We, we had actually a, a wonderful experience getting up one morning to go up, help people make chorizo. So there's specific ways that you get to tie it. And, and you have to like pipe it into the the intestine like you essentially pump it into it yeah um which is interesting in itself and it was a great experience as well just standing there watching these two spanish men one man who who owned all of the equipment and we were in his actually in his attic uh, making the chorizo freezing cold what about eight o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning yeah on a sunday even just especially for me because i didn't understand the spanish watching them argue over the the correct way to uh to do everything essentially was hilarious but also you know you, you learn an awful lot as well so we made this tree so then you hang it out in normally in an attic with a whole bunch of windows open to to dry it out and then you get to enjoy your own teresa which we did and we mentioned this and someone who was like oh well we'd love to try that so we brought it to the dinner and of course as soon as we said oh well we brought the chorizo if you guys want to try it everybody's like do you not realize you're in baños they have the best chorizo in the universe and you brought chorizo to the dinner? It was like a sin. Yeah. Now they were very nice about it, but it was very funny. Mm. Well, we just had to point out that we the chorizo we made didn't have dog in it, so we felt a little bit better about that. Yeah, and then it was like, well, is a meat Irish? And I'm like, no. And, it, you know, is the spices Irish? No. They're like, well, then it's Spanish chorizo. We're like, mm. well, Irish hands made it? Does that count? And they're like, no. No. Essentially, no. But they, yeah, it was very funny. Here in our house, when we had our own dinner, we don't really have, uh, we have a kitchen table, but it's not, it's a very small kitchen, so we didn't really have enough room to to seat everyone. It turns out that the kitchen table is very, very much a kitchen table. We tried to move it into the sitting room, and it turns out that there is literally no way to uh, get the, the kitchen table out without dismantling the whole thing. So we um, we had to improvise in the sitting room. As I was saying before, it's very informal. So if you don't have a big table, it's not a big deal. People will happily sit on the floor and, you know, on the couch. We kind of made a makeshift table out of chairs and stuff. So for me, that was actually quite an interesting experience because a lot of times when I've been invited to dinners before coming here, it was kind of a big deal and it was important to like, you know, dress up a little and table would be provided and the settings would be put out and everything. So it was actually really nice to have a very informal dinner. Um, and everyone like you know didn't mind and we had beer and stuff and it was very funny but we have no elevator in our building and we live on the fourth floor so I was having a few drinks before dinner as is compulsory with any dinner absolutely obligatory every single time you do anything it doesn't matter if you are going for dinner or you're going to uh, meet somebody in the middle of the day or you have made a plan to go and walk the dogs or just you know stare at the stars or or whatever you want to do you will have a drink before 
probably during and more than likely after as well. So I was having a drink before with two of the girls and I had joked with them that the building had no elevator and that we, we live on the fourth floor. So they were kind of like laughing along or whatever. And then we were going home and we got into the building and they were like, oh, you really don't have an elevator. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I wasn't lying. So they were like, and you know, it's four flights of stairs. So it's, it's a good bit after a few pints. It was very funny then because I was like, you know, just think about, you know, how, how great it makes your ass, you know, really tones up your legs. That was the only thing that kept them going. I don't think they were going to actually make it to the house other than that. That's, they were like, I don't know if this is worth it, guys. That's definitely a good motivator for, for Spanish women. They seem to be terribly interested in having a great ass. Not that I'm complaining in any way. I'm just pointing out that they're quite proud of that. And they don't walk anywhere here. Everyone drives everywhere. <laughs> It's just hilarious. Like, the town is super small, and, like, we walk to work. It takes me, like, six to eight minutes to walk from my house and to work. And we are literally on the opposite side of the town to our job. And, like, we'll get lifts home and everything, because they're like, oh, here, I'll bring you home, you know. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to refuse this, because I don't want to be rude, but I literally live super close. You realize it, but no one walks anywhere. It's hilarious. Even from bar to bar, sometimes we'll get lifts. And it's not going to be any more than 10 minutes walk. And the person driving has not abstained from drinking so that they can drive you there. They're just like, yeah, yeah, I've only had one. Or I've only had four. Which is is fine if it's one, but it's not so great if it's four. Or seven. Or seven. But yeah, it's small town in Spain. This is what happens. So we are going on holidays next week. Is that right? End of next week. End of next week. So hopefully we'll do a podcast from either Granada or Seville try and include maybe some new things that we've done but we have decided to include some last minute tips i suppose on traveling we're not very organized when it comes to traveling we're reasonably well we're no we're not we pick where we want to go and then we leave it to the last second that's true yeah yeah so i've decided that we're a whim on a whim and a prayer kind of travelers so you're introducing our on a whim and a prayer trip tips so very quickly to to point out just for those of you who don't know granada and seville are pretty much the as south as you can get of, of Spain. They're, they're the big cities in the south. Uh, so far, since we've been here, we've been to uh, Barcelona, Madrid, and a couple of other spots around. But kind of Madrid, Barcelona is as south as we've gone, which is like halfway down, down Spain. And there's a running joke, which we may have spent, mentioned before, that there are essentially two types of people in Spain. There's the north people and the south people, and they're completely different. Up in the north, they're a little bit more serious. They're a little bit more... Um, reserved, I suppose. Yeah, reserved. Now, that being said, they're compared to kind of Irish people or, or especially compared to like English people, they're insane. They're, they're completely, you know, outgoing and, and open people, but they would consider themselves reserved compared to the south of Spain. Now, the south of Spain is a stereotypical kind of... Um, flamenco and dresses and your hot latin lover that kind of stereotype that's ex- what's expected at least um, not to say that they dance all of the time but that's all tourists ever seem to see so the south of spain is where the stereotype comes from it's also a very long way away the joke as well is that so up in the north they're a lot more serious and they say that the people in the basque country which are from the very very north uh, which is actually quite a similar landscape to Ireland, that they only have sex because 
they, it's it, they need to keep the Basque population alive. Exactly. Whereas no. in the south, it's a lot more free, and everyone's kind of you know hopping into bed with each other or whatever. Now, whether these stereotypes are true, I don't know. We will report back. Yeah, yeah. So if we get seduced a lot, that will 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 know it's true. Hell, given the the amount of uh, seduction that's gone on here, if we get seduced at all, it's going to count. Yeah, that's true. That's that's very true. So going to Granada and Seville is going to take us uh, how many hours? About six hours. Yeah. Um, and that will, I mean, we're using public transport, so obviously it'd be quicker if you were driving yourself, but even still, it's going to take you a long time to get there. It's not that much quicker. It's a little bit quicker. We yeah. have to make it, so most things, it's like all roads lead to Rome. So if you're going anywhere in Spain, you essentially have to go to Madrid and then from Madrid go to where you're going. Yeah. So now for us, it's not the worst because Madrid's kind of the halfway point. But if you're going like left to right... Or, you know, you're kind of going to the coast. A lot of times you'll have to go to Madrid and then back up to where you were going, which is kind of a pain, but, you know, it kind of makes sense also. So we've gone, um, as we said, to Madrid. We've been to, to Madrid a couple of times. We've been to Barcelona as well. And we've taken different modes of transport getting to and from those places. This time we'll be taking uh, a bus down, bus trip down and train trip back. Um, and then there's different modes of, of transport between the cities as well. The reason that we're using the two different transports is mostly uh, convenience, but also for price. If you book trains, it's quite similar to, to Ireland. If you book trains in advance, like well in advance, they're cheaper, obviously. The closer it comes to the, the date of your booking, higher the price is. It's very similar in Ireland. I don't know if anybody here, uh, anybody listening uses trains in Ireland, but if you book a week in advance, it's going to cost you three or four times as much as if you booked the month before. Now, we've been aware of this somewhat since our trip to Barcelona. I'll let you in, fill them in on Yeah, so I, I bought the tickets. It was probably a week or two beforehand. Mm. And the cheapest we could get was like 68 euro each. Considering the distance we were going, it was like, whatever, four to five hour train. Yeah. Which was actually okay. So I was like, okay, fine. So we get to the train station. And the train station in Barcelona when we're on the way back, is like an airport. It's huge. You can go everywhere and anywhere. It's super used. Barcelona is very touristy, so it's very important to have really good transport links, and they've really invested in it. So it's like super swanky, and you have all your little like terminals and stuff. So we get to the ticket desk, and I have the, the online copy on my phone, and I show it to them, and they print us off these like super fancy tickets on like thick card. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's the way your boarding pass used to look in the airport. Yeah, yeah, the, the really nice ones, yeah. So then we queue up, and we get on the train, and you get assigned a seat, and you get assigned a carriage. So you have to find your carriage, and you have to find your seat. So we found them anyway, and we get on. And we're like, God, this is really nice. So there's probably about 25 seats in our carriage. Maybe less. At, at most. Yeah. So they're seated instead of like around tables, they're seated just twos and they're both all facing the same way. And they are armchair seats. They are they're leather covered, incredibly comfortable. I found out because that's who I am after about 10 seconds that they recline. Like properly recline. Into like you're, a bed. Yeah, you're getting like pretty much a bed. Yeah. And then they have your little like tray table that comes out where you can eat off and... Yeah, the, you have... the tray table comes out of the arm of the chair. Then on the other side of the arm of the chair, you've got a couple of different buttons, um, which I wasn't quite sure what they did, but they had, um, there was obviously kind of channels or something, radio channels maybe, for your earphones to go into. I discovered later 
that those uh, channels are all different types of classical music or jazz music or whatever you would like to listen to so that you can relax during your journey. I discovered this because we were given earphones to listen to them. Now, that doesn't sound like very much. But that was one of several things we were given. So when we get on, there's a, a man who checks who we are and checks our destination and kind of takes down, just checks that we're there. And then he comes by a little bit later with a couple of bottles of water for us. And we're like, great, this is really nice. So again, maybe half an hour later, he comes by with earphones. Um, and then a little bit later, so we kind of, it was quite late, I trained, so we kind of fell asleep. And he turns up with blankets. And earplugs and one of those little mask things for you to, to sleep with as well. All stuffed into a cute little packet. Oh, um, like a little toiletry bag. Yeah, yeah. And along with your toiletry bag and your ear earplugs and your um, blackout mask thing you also get a tiny tiny little thing of toothpaste and a little toothbrush as well so we're like great this is really nice train you know maybe we should travel on trains more often because we've been on the bus before and you don't get anything fancy on the bus it's just a bus so turns out we managed to book first class seats by accident because they were the only ones left best mistake ever 100 10 out of 10 would recommend absolutely and for 68 euro each i was like i don't know man i'm pretty okay with this i've never slept so well on public transport in my life yeah and then even like when our destination came as well we like i had been watching it and i kind of had an idea of what time we should get in but the man came back around to wake us and like your your destination's coming up in 10 minutes now are you ready and we're like oh yeah great so you have time to pack and all that kind of stuff so it was crazy amazing. So 100%, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yes. So that's our whim, on a, our whim and a prayer tip. Always book seats last minute if you want to go first class. I would not recommend it if you're trying to save money. If you're trying to save money, book it well, well in advance. The, um, the website to book trains in Spain is Renfe. Um, and I would absolutely recommend booking through them. If you book through another website, they tend to charge a little bit more for service charge or just because they can get away with it but if you book direct with Renfe um, you're getting the lowest possible price and they do give you options of the prices if they give you options and it looks like you know if you're going from uh, one side of the country to the other and your options are 20 euro or 70 euro know that with 20 euro you're saving money you are still getting to the same destination but with the ridiculously overpriced tickets you're going to be treated like a king it was it was pretty awesome I'm not going to lie yeah Another thing actually which happened to us recently is that when we were in Banyos, so it's Paddy's Day coming up this week. Yeah, Thursday. So uh, for the weekend we were in Banyos and all of the buyers had decided that we don't really know what Paddy's Day is, but it sounds like fun, so we kind of want in on this. They, well, they know what it is in, in the religious sense. They know that it re- celebrates the saint because over here they are masters of celebrating the saint's days. They know every single one of them and they know who they were. And they know why it's being celebrated. And every village has their own saint as well. So your holidays will differ depending on which village you live in. Because, oh, well, this is our patron saint. That's not... And, you you know, next week there's a different celebration, but that's not in our village. So we don't care about that. So we still have to go to work. Well, let's not go go crazy, but we don't care about that because they will have a party if there's an option. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And Banyos is known for just, like, any excuse to have a party. Apparently they one day decided it was a bicycle day. So everyone got on their bikes and cycled around town and they had a marching band play and they just all got drunk and it was great. Which sounds fantastic as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they're just a fan of going and having parties and everyone we've spoken to has said the exact same thing that 
if you want to have a festival, if you want to have a party, go to Banyos. They have some excuse to have a party every weekend, um, which brings us back to St. Patrick's Day. So Paddy's Day is on Thursday this week. We went to Banyos for a dinner on Saturday. And as it turns out, they were having Paddy's Day anyway. So Didn't matter. <laughs> we don't care. We don't really know what it is anyway. So we're going to celebrate it the way we like. Yeah, we stood in a bar at one point having a, having a, a beer and... It's quite a large bar, like a lot of floor space and to be honest, not a huge amount of tables or anything. But in walks a marching band, a, a little Spanish marching band of about maybe 10 instruments. Yeah. And they just literally walked in, stood in a corner and played a couple of uh, songs, um, which everybody knew. And, got and in danced too. To, yeah, they have specific dances and, and things that they get into as well. Everybody got into that. Um, and then after about 40 minutes or an hour, they up and left and went to the next bar and and it was like the Pied Pipers like people followed them and people came in with them it was hilarious and we passed them in the street earlier as well they'd obviously hit another bar previous to our bar Mm -hmm. so we're in Ireland on Paddy's Day in a small town you wind up with uh, 17 tractors and a trailer full of the local kids Spain you wind up with only 10 people starting out wherever they feel like starting out and by the end of it they have the entire drunken town following them from bar to bar having a great time yeah I, I was pretty fabulous to be honest and like all the bars had like green decorations on like anything they could find that was green essentially was like stapled to the bar <laughs> and then all the bar staff were wearing any green clothes that they owned and it was just hilarious so we were standing in this bar listening to brass band play being like I wonder what they would do if they t- found out that we were Irish yeah they, we mentioned at one point to a friend was like you know all of these people are having a great time. They've no idea that they actually have Irish people among them. And they also don't seem to realize that they have the date wrong. And one of my friends uh, turned to us and said, well, um, they, they probably do know. They just don't care. They want to have a party today. And you guys were an excuse. So they're going with it. Apparently, according to the, the story of the bicycle festival, there is no bicycle festival. At least there wasn't. Until somebody decided they didn't have a reason to have a party that weekend and maybe spotted a bike and went, oh, it's National Bike Day. We're going to have a bicycle festival. And everyone who finished up work saw this group of bicycles and went, what's going on over there? Somebody said, oh, well, it's National Bike Day. Grant, I'll be back in a bit. Just going to get my bike and we can all go get drunk because that's how it works. Uh, it just sounds like a great place they're just super into it and it's hilarious and then afterwards like they have like a little disco for all the kids and stuff so all the adults are in the bar next door having their own drinks and the kids are like having their little disco you know next door in the little like sports center and it's just great crack um super hilarious just like it's kind of like the old towns in ireland used to be with like street parties and that kind of stuff so it was just madness but hilarious. I was like, maybe we should move to Banyos. <laughs> We'd never be sold. It's now, hard... they do have parties spontaneously here too. Like last week on Friday, I was in class and our our, our school is a, kind of in the old, the Casco Antiguo, so they're like the old part of town. So it's kind of getting towards six or seven o'clock and there's like a brass band playing outside and I'm not really sure what's going on. So I'm asking a couple of my students, being like, what do you think is going on? And they're like, oh, I don't know, really. So we're kind of all leaning out the window looking to see what's going on. And it turns out that I think, I'm not exactly sure, but there was a new shop opening. So they decided to have like a street party. And just anyone that was going past kind of joined in and they had a brand. And it was like, look at our amazing new shop. Yeah, let's have a party and get drunk. It was great. 
I was like, great. And nobody really even knew that it was happening. It wasn't like you have to like publicize it in advance or anything. Everyone's just like super open to it. If you make enough noise or play music loud enough here, people are constantly up for a game of follow the noise to the party. Super actually accurate. Yeah. Oh my God, look, there's a stork. No, he's gone. Oh. Sorry. Uh, they actually have a... There he is, look. Oh, yeah, they have a lot of storks here. Uh, we don't have storks in Ireland, so I find them, like, super entertaining because they're just giant and they make their nests on the top of, like, tall buildings. But their nests are huge and they can be, like, a couple of tons in weight. So they'll collapse roofs and stuff. So a lot of them will have um, specialised, like, nest stands for the storks because they're protected. So you're not really allowed to, like, shoot them or whatever. There's one flying outside the window right now, which is what we're looking at. But it's also very funny because there's a lot of people pregnant in Nakata at the moment. So I'm always like, oh God, there's a stork. Run, run. There is a very high population of storks here. Well, I'm not sure if it's statistically high, but there's a lot of them. And um, it's definitely the hardest working group of baby delivering storks I've ever come across. Oh my God. Every other week. This guy's going to have a, a baby with his wife. This girl's pregnant. She's getting pregnant and oh did you hear that i can't keep up anymore everybody's pregnant i just basically work on the basis that if you don't mention you're pregnant you will be soon yeah yeah so it's just very funny but maybe it's just the group of people that we know they're just kind of all having babies at the same time apparently there was a load of weddings last year so maybe that's the reason they're all like settling down having babies you want to be careful okay so we will make another podcast when we're in Granada or Sevilla it depends on when we have time and what you think we think would be cool so if you have any questions or anything or you need any more ridiculous tips from us um, tweet me uh, it's at Blondemer on Twitter and you can tweet Sentinel Audio as well at Sentinel Audio on Twitter okay so bye for me and bye for me bye